Um, to bring this back to the whole warped reality of Aaron Sorkin being a script doctor on The Rock, of the American president with Michael Douglas, of the world just being written like a Michael Bay film, but without the explosions at the moment, in that it takes massive leaps of the imagination, no sense yeah. of normalcy. If And it very quickly cuts from one thing to another. Supercut. So quickly that it'll make you, make your head bleed. Yeah. On all of that, if we get if we get to March, April of twenty twenty one, and it's a big fucking if at the moment. It's a big big if, yeah. I can see Trump getting bored on, on Halloween and just pressing the button. Just <laughs> <laughs> what's he got to lose? Lots of people at the end of last football season said that Liverpool's win should have an asterisk on it because the the terms of the league weren't the same at the end as they were at the start. Mm. What do you say on the third or fourth last day of the season in the Premier League? Yeah. It's Keane, it's Pickford, it's Davies, it's Rodriguez, it's Calvert-Lewin picking up that famous beliant cup should Everton FC have an asterisk against its Premier League win? Uh, no, and because the, if if is this on based on the on the on the idea that that we won't see any football for the entire season? Because I honestly don't think it's not going to see. No. It's not going to happen, uh, and that would be just be that would be peak Everton. It wouldn't, have, it wouldn't have an asterisk. It would have a hashtag marking. Yeah. It would be peak Everton. It's one of the only Everton things that could happen where we managed to somehow win the league. And we're not going to win the league, but it's it's nice to dream. But, you know, the, but if if we've played it all on the same on the same level playing field, everybody's been the same, then why should we have an asterisk? I didn't believe that Liverpool should have had an asterisk. By I didn't buy into this idea at all. The simple fact is they were going to win the league no matter what because at the point at which lockdown happened they were so far ahead and they were so much better than everybody else they were going to win it and I don't think it should have been asterisk I mean it would have been really funny if the season had been cancelled don't get me wrong I know I think would it would have been, been hilarious most hysterically funny thing of all time but no they, they, they deserve to win it and it shouldn't be besmirched by wow well, you know you know. there was a brilliant article in the Guardian in January saying barring a, a barring the apocalypse Liverpool will win the league and then the apocalypse happened <laughs> It's like, yes. oh, Christ. Oh. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm prepared to continue that, that dream for as long as, it, as long as it's feasible for me to do so. So, you know, the thing is, I'm reading all the articles about, you know, who were the big winners, the winners and losers of the transfer deadline and transfer window and stuff. And Everton are consistently in all of these thought pieces up there in terms of the club that's like done really, really well. And I'm thinking, yeah, do you know what we have? But I'm coming out of this morning going, oh, blimey, let Moyes Keane go. We're a bit, sh- bit short of strikers, aren't we? And then to top, and then it's like, I saw a thing this afternoon because Danny Welbeck's been released by Watford. My immediate reaction was, oh, hang on, should we sign him? And I'm thinking, no, yeah, it's pe- don't do it's it. Because then- it's a toffee, you're so ingrained to go in, I want to hit 15th. Yeah, I keep getting texts from my dad going, 28 points to get to 40 now. And then we'll say for another... That's the way we work. We've always done this, is that we all of us... And it's 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 gallows humour at its best. But I looked at this this graphic come up of the... Uh, it was a picture of the England squad from the 2014 World Cup. And it correctly made the point that three or four very you know important players of that squad, Jack Wilshire, just been had his contract terminated by West Ham. Daniel Sturridge, on a free transfer, doesn't, doesn't have a club. And Danny Welbeck... Also now without a club. 
And I'm just, <laughs> but I'm just thinking, Everton, stop buying, could we stop buying Crocs? However, we've bought James Rodriguez, which everybody said, ooh, that's a gamble. And it's proving to be a, a magnificent piece of business. Could Danny Welbeck be the same? No. Darren, Danny Welbeck is not Darren Campbell. Uh, he's not. He's not Darren. He's not Darren Campbell. No. Am I thinking Darren Campbell? Oh, I'm thinking Kevin Campbell, aren't I? Kevin Campbell. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. It's not Kevin Campbell. Uh, no. And and he's not. He's not Samuel Eto'o. No, but I mean, well, Samuel Eto'o was was a great sort of moment, a little vignette in Everton history because when he's we signed him, my first thought was when we saw him play. I think it was his second game. And second or third game, and he, he came on against Chelsea on his debut and scored a most most astonishing header in a game that we lost six three. And I'm thinking, like, how has he scored that? Because there's only one place he could put it, and there's only one way he could flick it off his head, and he Did managed it. to do both of them. Yeah. And I think Petacek was in goal, and he somehow managed to get it right across him from a free kick that was on that side. He was running towards the ball, so I flicked it off his head and went in the other corner, the far corner. It was the most astonishing thing. And then I think the second or third game, I think we were playing Crystal Palace. And he was playing, he came on at right back that day for Everton was Tony Hibbert. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking, I can now tell my grandchildren, this is a story that I have seen one of the best footballers that's ever played the game With on, the set, on the same pitch as Samuel Eto'o. No, I was like, this is an extraordinary schism. You could feel, you could feel the earth kind of somehow breaking around it. There was there's some sort of a tectonic kind of shift. At that point, I was like, Tony Hibbert and Samuel Eto on the same pitch in the same team. And it's just wrong. And then, of course, he was only there for about three three or four months and he disappeared off to Italy. Well, we, we, um, we had one of the greatest footballers of all time at Hull City and we decided never to play him, JJ Okocha. He's like, oh, yeah. Nah, not going to put him on. <laughs> Shall we put him on? But- nah. Nah. But, the, I mean, the Hammers thing was great because I, I, I remember saying to my dad at the time, I'm thinking, I can't think of any other player that has generated, that has been such a high-profile and stellar signing for Everton. And he said Alan Ball, which is fair point, but again, in completely different eras. The only one I could think of then that was even comparable to that was Paul Gascoigne. But Gazza, of course, was very much on the wane at that oh, point. He was, he was obviously past well, well past his best. But he got a huge, huge amount of yeah. news coverage. But Hammers has come in and has just played wonderfully. Yeah. Because I can remember, I remember that Gaza played a game just after he come in, and we played at Leicester on a Sunday afternoon, and we drew one one. And Gaza ran the show, and immediately after the game, Richie Keys and whoever was on the panel, Andy, blah 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 blah. blah. Oh, could, could Gaza get an England recall? He's played one game, and he's played been half decent. There's only other decent game for Everton was against Leighton Orient in the FA Cup a few months later. And I just think, whereas this is just like Hammers is just winning Man of the Match awards hand over fist. And the, because the weird he's thing about Hammers as well is that he's a Galactico. Yeah. He's played at some of Europe's greatest clubs. He's played, obviously, on the World Cup stage. He yeah. seems to be happy that he's not the one banging all the goals in. He no. seems to be happy that he's not the one getting all the headlines. He seems to be happy that Calvert Lewin is the one that's finishing off the work that Hammers is integral to, which you don't normally see from a footballer in that they're happy to let somebody else have the spotlight, especially when they're already a massive name. Yeah, well, I mean, I think he, he he's all right. He's comfortable with who he is now. I mean, the great thing about Calvert-Lewin is that uh, Paul Merson calls him Calvin Lewin, like he's confused him with the person that makes his underwear on Sky. Yes, that was that was particularly excellent as a, as a bit of mangling of the English language. So, yeah, I, yeah, no, I mean, you know, long, long may it continue. I mean, it was just, the weekend was just so bizarre to see. I thought I thought Villa might get a result at, 
against Liverpool, I thought, well, I can see him getting a point. You know, possibly even sneak a win. But I just, I, obviously, I don't think anybody would have expected them to win by seven goals to two. With, with the or for United to get beaten 6-1 at, by Tottenham. And it's, you know, it's brilliant. So we're going to be top, we're top of the table clash. In fact, Everton first, Liverpool in fifth. For the Merseyside derby. Man City 11. In a fortnight's time. Yeah, mad stuff, um, mad stuff. Well, the, the mad thing is, because of the eight-hour time difference here, I was in a hotel in Santa Barbara mm. uh, for the missus's birthday. I put on the Man United game just before kickoff, And bizarrely, the Americans, NBC, is doesn't chalk up the hyperbole as much as Sky. Man United, Spurs. <laughs> the greatest game in the world! Over here, it's just like, it should be an interesting game. Jose Mourinho against his old team. And... Um, after the first minute, I was going, oh, shit. Because Man United went 1-0 up within a minute. And then yeah. by seven minutes, it was 2-1. I was pissing myself. And then I had to turn it off because I'm like going, nah, it's just, this is too much now. I didn't know well, that result until I checked my phone later in the day to see if Trump had died. And then it was former Brentford striker who could have gone and should have gone anywhere, but went to Villa for 28 million quid. He's already repaid that. And bargain. Liverpool are getting absolutely cutted. That's the, the series. Yeah. They That's never. The technical, technical term. If Jamie Carragher just went, yeah, we've been cutted there, I would have accepted that. No complaints to yeah. Ofcom. And then 6 6 1 and Martial sent off. And now there's rumours about Man United taking Pochettino. And, oh. Well, I mean, I <laughs> said, I mean, you talk about a, a sort of lack of hyperbole. It was just, I mean, I actually missed. I turned, the, I was in the car. So I had the game, the Man United game on the radio, but I happened to switch on about five minutes beforehand, five, ten minutes beforehand, switched five live on, to hear a man, I think he's a man, arguing with everybody that he was right about everything. That man is one Robert oh, uh, Severus Snape Savage, Barry Gibb. It was extraordinary the amount of... He's like, well, what about, what about Man City? They, they spent 400 million on defenders and where they can't defend. I'm thinking, listen, you f*** not. They've won two league titles in that time, so that's so that's complete crap. This is, I mean, this is the man that moved. Did he move from Birmingham to Blackburn or Blackburn to Birmingham? I think he moved to he Blackburn. Moved from Birmingham to Blackburn to be closer to Wales. Closer to his house, even though it was actually further away oh, from his house. What a dickhead! So I sw- I had to switch off because you could just hear them, the presenter and the and uh, commentator Ian Dennis, who's always excellent. We like basically, like, and he's like Robbie. I'm agreeing with you. I'm agreeing with what you're saying. And it's like, wait, wait, wait. And it, so I thought, I can't, I can't hear any more of this. I cannot hear any more of this. This is why I don't listen to 606 anymore. He, oh. He's the so, guy so who, who was so bad at his sports that he, on retirement, could suddenly see the game as this different thing. And when people question his rights, Robbie, you never really played at the highest echelon of your, your sport. And you were lucky to be such a chugger on the pitch in purple patches for Leicester. His reasoning is, I'm part of Alex Ferguson's class of 92. So's Nicky mm. Butts. I'm not going to mm-hmm. Nicky Butts to ask about no. his views on sport. Why the BBC take him as this is a... The twat's got an Armani tattoo on his arm. Brilliant. But, I, I, but I swear, that's what I missed. I, I turned on about a minute and a half in and I was like, oh, and then literally I turned on and within five, 10 seconds, the Tottenham were attacking and they scored the equaliser. I was like, oh, hang on, what's going on here? I've missed a goal. I'm thinking, I've missed a goal mm. in this game, which I was quite happy to listen to the bit of it while I was in the car because of Robbie Savage. And let's not forget as well, this transfer window, which is stupid. In the end, ultimately, for a club 
to sack a dinosaur, but by a party. Confusing. Uh, and Man United bought not only Cavani, but Taribo West, uh, just because he's one of those fresh, <laughs> up-and-coming individuals who who could do a job. I, I believe Roger Miller came in as well on a youth contract. <laughs> so uh, yeah, they, 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 they signed they signed uh, Lev Yashin. He's, they've signed him as sort of their goalkeeping uh, goalkeeper. And they keep issue, hearing but, about these wonder I mean, goals by a lad called Pushkas. So I don't know. Well, I mean, the thing is, is is that there's obviously a lot of talk. We mentioned this uh, in uh, the, the, the live stream extravaganza that was Charles Moore becoming chairman of the BBC. Now that has all fallen apart. Doesn't want it. Amazingly, he doesn't want it. Well, because they won't pay him three times what the salary is. Then this, uh, he, he won't. He wants that, but he wants to cut the license fee at the same time. Interestingly, somebody else has put their head above the parapet to say he wants the job. Is it Richard Madeley? Ever wonderful. No. No, see by the, by comparison that he that Richard May would be infinitely preferable to this person, Kelvin McKenzie. He said he wants it. Now I can't imagine that he would have any sort of regionality. This is some sort of publicity stunt. But what he's done is, is because, he's come out is it and he said, his "Latest radio station has disappeared." What's his web thing called? Is it called? A, is it called the Spokesman? Undeadbodies.com. Uh, That's the one. Um, He's come out and said that basically he would get rid of all the radio stations. He'd sell them all off, other than Radio 4. He'd stop them doing news and weather, because you can get news and weather from anywhere. He would halve the license fee, uh, so we'll make it like Netflix and make it make it competitive with that in terms of from a price point of view. But, of course, what if he turned around and said his manifesto or his pitch for this job was, I will sack Robbie Savage. Oh, Kelvin, all day. Kelvin, all day. All the way. Hashtag the truth. The truth. You would have thought that somebody like Kelvin McKenzie with his his nuance and PR savvy, knowing how to judge the public mood so beautifully and demonstrated time and time again over the last, you know, 40-odd years, you'd think that he'd have grasped that. Another opportunity missed. The path less travelled. Oh, I've just thought... Go I've just thought of an addition because I've been reading about how to make our podcast... Go further. Um, oh, right, okay. Good. So Good. now at the end of the podcast, so ding, ding, ding. Yeah. If you would like to get in contact with the Top Content Podcast, please send an email to topcontentpod at gmail.com. Do you want to do the socials? Yes. <clears throat> you can find us at Top Content Pod on Twitter and Instagram. We've also got TikTok. But don't bother using it. Hang on, let me do that. I'll do that again. And got, Facebook. And Facebook, yeah. You can find us at Top Content Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We're also on TikTok, but we never use it, so don't bother.